Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wave Break Podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, and every Monday, I interview the people behind the top Shopify stores to figure out what they're doing to take their stores to the next level and how you can do the same. Today on the show, I have Susan Bradley, who bought a company called WeSqueak a few years ago when it was doing a million dollars in wholesale revenue. Today, it does zero dollars in wholesale revenue, but it's not failing. She just chose to stop selling wholesale. Keep listening to learn why. This episode is brought to you by my consultancy, Wavebreak. We help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. Is your email marketing stuck? Do you feel like you could be doing it better? I put together a free checklist that lays out exactly what you need to do to take your email marketing to the next level. You can get your free checklist at emailrevenuechecklist.com. That's emailrevenuechecklist.com. Today joining me is Susan Bradley, and she's the owner of WeSqueak and the founder of Social Sales Girls. Thanks for coming on the show, Susan. Well, thanks, Dylan. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> yeah. So to give listeners a background, uh, what is WeSqueak? So WeSqueak is just a really cute little toddler shoe that actually squeaks um, when they when kids walk. And so kids love them. Parents love them. Some people don't love them so much, but you know, they're great for keeping track of your, your toddler and you can always take the squeaker out um, and replace it with a silencer. So we're North America's largest squeaky shoe company. That's awesome. And so something that's interesting about WeSqueak is that it's not a company that you started. You actually bought it. How'd that, how'd that play out? So what happened was I had another business, and uh, in that other business, I was um, a client of WeSqueak's. And when I sold that business, um, the people who owned WeSqueak asked me if I'd like to open up a branch of their business in Canada. And so I decided I could do that and thought this will be a new challenge and fun. And within a year or two, I realized that I, you know, really loved it. I was looking after everything as far as the online marketing went. And I thought, well, I'm just going to, they wanted to sell and I wanted to buy. So that's really cool. And so how long has it been now that you've been growing this on your own? It has been uh, four years. Four years. And so take yeah. take me to today. How much in sales did you do last month? Really? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not comfortable saying, you can give me a range or just um, just a general. So I guess, Dylan, what happened was when I took over the business, we uh, we were in a, an interesting position that, um, you know, our business had grown quite quickly and uh, we were heavily reliant on wholesale orders. And so we um, we actually had six to seven hundred wholesale accounts across North America. And the year that uh, that I purchase the year before I purchased the business it was actually the first year ever that our sales were down and um, when I made the decision to purchase we were really decided that uh, the world was changing and we decided that we would give up that revenue which was around a million dollars a year and turn all our attention to growing a business online like growing a, our website and so at the time I think we had 3,000 fans on Facebook and we had a little bit of um, we had a little bit of business 
online, but nothing like what we have today. And so um, we just made so many changes. Now we don't have a, we use 3PL instead of our own warehouse in Texas. And we have a remote team and our sales are growing um, and have grown significantly. But the best part for me, Dylan, is the profit. It's just so much more profitable and the freedom to work from wherever I am. So it's it's quite different than it was when I purchased it. That's crazy. So you you were doing a million in wholesale sales when you bought the company, and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to get rid of that. We're just going to focus on our own site and selling directly to consumers. Right. So what we did was we and we sold to some majors too. So what we did is at that time we decided that we would um, only accept orders from retailers who would log in online to our site, place their order and pay for it right away. And so that eliminated, of course, all the majors and a lot of stores that were used to um, having terms and pre-booking their orders six months in advance. But what it did for us and the reason um, that we did it was that it eliminated a pile of overhead. I mean, that first year I probably, and the year before, War actually too. I probably met every clearance buyer in the United States. I had to, you know, we liquidated probably sixty thousand units of inventory that we had been buying to satisfy our wholesale business. We uh, closed our warehouse in in Dallas, Texas, and went to three PL so that um, we could control our costs and um, let the experts do that part of the business. And so we we reduced our overhead massively. And we, of course, we reduced our sales massively at first. And we're not back over the million dollars yet. But, you know, frankly, I'm less interested in that than I am in the bottom line. And so yeah, you're a lot more been, profitable now. Yeah, we're heavily focused on profit. And um and sales. And I'm, I'm heavily focused on lifestyle. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not 25. So, so it's really, um, you know, spend about three months a year away and I'm able to work from wherever. And our whole team, you know, our team is mostly moms. And so uh, they can work at night and just log in. It's just a really, um, I feel very lucky. Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally respect that. Like I was living out in San Francisco for a little while. And when I moved there, it's like, okay, I'm just gonna keep doing the lifestyle thing. But like there, it's so easy to get wrapped up in like, all of a sudden, I wanted to start a billion dollar software company. <laughs> and I had to leave for me to figure out like, oh, wait, this isn't what I really want to do. Um, and I think a lot of people dismiss the idea of like a, a lifestyle business. But um, I mean, there's so many people I know who's like just one person or a really small team like yourself, uh, doing a lot of doing big numbers. And uh, it's it's just them. They can do it whenever they want. Yeah. So we do pretty big numbers, I would say. I you know I think we would definitely be in you know the top range of Shopify stores. But um, you know people always ask, and I've been in business for a long time, of course. But it's always how big is it? How big is it? How big is it? And you know, frankly, who cares? You know, if you put two million dollars through the bank, but you can't pay your credit card bill, it's just not important. And so for me, it's never been with WeSqueak, not since day one. It's never been about how much volume I can get. It's been about how I can create a lifestyle that or how I can create a business that pays the bills, pays the people that work with us fairly and well and allows us all to have a life. That's cool. So how do you figure out what to pay people? How do I figure? Yeah, like how do you know it's fair? 
So, so funny. Um, I'm not your average employer for sure. So what I do is I, we define the job. So we always, whenever we bring someone onto our team, we define the job, we write it out on a Word doc, what we expect them to do. And then we talk about what value that job adds to the company and and what the value of that job is. And so I, um, nobody that works for us punches a clock. Everybody knows what their job is. And, um, and I compensate them based on our agreement. And they get it done when they get it done. Like it not, you know, obviously, they can't go weeks and not get it done. But they, you know, they set their own schedule. We have deadlines, we have team meetings. And so everybody knows what has to happen. But I'm not a micromanager. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I feel that. So let's uh, let's jump back a little. So you're one of the things that you're really good at is is traffic. So you just bought this company. You're transitioning to making the company more profitable and making it putting things more in your control. Transitioning away from the wholesale. So what did you do at first to to get that traffic up and to grow it to where it is today? So really, it's so it's so simple. First, we started out just paying attention, and so in my previous business, I was. Um, did a lot of direct marketing. And so in in this business, I knew that if I could get someone's email address, that that was kind of like money in the bank. And so what we did is we really just paid attention to what people responded to on social media. And back then it was Facebook only uh, that we paid attention to. And we just tested, we posted every day. But what we did was we posted links um, to our So I see so many people that will post, they'll go to great lengths to post a beautiful image and talk about their product, but they don't put a call to action and a link. Not that you have to put a crazy, you know, arrows, all caps, call to action, but we we slip a link in whenever we can. And so that was one of the things that really we started noticing, hey, you know, if we put a link to a product on our Facebook post, guess what? People click it. Sometimes they buy. Sometimes they don't buy, but sometimes they do. But, you know, back then we were very fresh and Facebook was different and and Facebook ads were relatively new to us. And so we just started experimenting. And, And it's really, I think, the key for us was that we paid attention to what worked and really tried to amplify that and let go of the stuff that, you know, everybody said you had to do. So the very first thing we did was we learned how to drive traffic organically on Facebook. And then as soon as we um, were good at that, then we started um, kind of messing around with Facebook ads and testing so that we could add some new paid traffic to that. And then we really just did what what I've always done with my businesses come along, come up with a calendar of events, things that we could do, um, in this case, social media on, on Facebook, that would get people to opt in for an offer. And so we would build a, um, build a, an audience for a particular event, it might be a gift with purchase, or it could be a flash sale that we were having something like that. And then we would not only announce it on Facebook, back it up with an ad, but we'd also use email. And of course, that would bring a lot of traffic to our site too. Ah, okay, calendar of events, of events. That's really interesting. So is that something you're still doing today? Absolutely. 
So and that's like a big part of your marketing. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah, it's huge. We, we, um, yeah, we don't pay for much traffic, Dylan, for a company our size or for the, um, for the amount of traffic we get, we wouldn't spend like, a, we spend maybe between 800 and $1,200 a month on advertising on paid traffic. Wow. So, so what worked in 2017 organically? So in 2017, same deal, same gig. I mean, I know that they say that you're you're penalized for um, posting links, but we post links. We post links whenever we can, and we don't do it as a link. We usually uh, do a, a product shot, and we post the link um, manually. And so you can't click the image and go to the site. And we found we have better luck with just the link. But I think that the key to that is that um, so many business owners or people who are in charge of the marketing um, want to put out the message that they want their customer to know. And they don't ever take the time to step back and say, what is it they want from me? What could I give them that they want? And so I think that we've done well with understanding what our customer really wants and just giving them more of that rather than trying to tell them what they should want. And so I, I don't know how to explain that in, in a way that um, would make sense to absolutely everybody. But I think for us, when we're dealing generally with a group of moms, they want to know that um, what this is, you know, how happy this makes their child. They want to know if they can stop the sound before they lose their mind. Um, <laughs> they want to know that we're here if it doesn't fit. And so all those things, like we try and make sure that they know um, or that we give them what they're looking for. We answer their questions before they come up. Can you give me an example of a, a calendar for a month? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk. Shall we talk about this month? Yeah, let's go for it. It's it's November 2017. It is. So, so at the end of October, beginning of November, we did uh, an event called The Perfect Giveaway. And that's our version of a giveaway, which involves a lot of email marketing and just a short little email funnel. And so that our events generally last two weeks. We spend a little bit of time talking about it first on social, and then we post it and back it up with ads. And then we run the event for generally a week and then the after, aftermath. So we did the perfect giveaway, which was... Um, launching a new shoe. So whenever we launch a new design, we have a giveaway. And so um, we made a big email list of that. And then we set a three part uh, email funnel on the back of that. And then this past two weeks, we have been warming up our audience for our Black Friday event. And so we have um, our, our processes that we actually and we can get away with this now, maybe not a few years ago, but we actually don't tell people what the deal will be. But we we build a hyper-engaged list of people who want to be the first to know what our deal is. They want early access to our site uh, to shop and get their favorite items. And so for the last, um, since Monday, we've been building a list of hyper-engaged people, both on email and um, I was telling you before we jumped on that we're actually experimenting with SMS. So we're building a list by text as well. And so um, those people, that hyper-engaged list, uh, every year that we do it, we get an amazing open rate and uh, click rate and great conversion 
by pulling those people out of our, our regular list. And um, so they will get notified tomorrow night that they have 12 hours to shop before everyone else. And, um, and then our, of course, our Black Friday event will go through to Cyber Monday. And, um, and that'll be what we do till the end of November. And then we'll likely do a gift with purchase at the beginning of December. That's the plan right now. Cool. How often do you do events? Oh, we do events at least twice a month. There's always something to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, of course, we've had lots of different events. We've had some that have been great, some that have not been great. But again, we try and pay attention to what our audience loves and responds to. And then we try and do something very similar. And we just drop off the things that don't work. I mean, everything we do is not perfect. Trust me. <laughs> we have our share of you know epic fails. And so, um, we, yeah, we wouldn't go without an event. And it's not always a sale. You know, I would say it's um, it's very often not a sale at all, uh, but it's something to talk about. It's a, either a value add or it's a launch of a new shoe, which is always um, at regular price. Um, it could be a partnered promotion. I think I'm kind of known for partnering with smaller companies and giving them a little start. We actually we did also this um, this November partner with another company to give away a gift card for their business. And so there's always something to talk about. So we're not um, we're not saying bye bye bye. We're saying hang out with us. Um, you know we're just like you. We you know, we have kids, we talk about the same sorts of things, you know, we keep it very narrow, what we talk about, we talk about uh, babies, we talk about being a mom, we talk about, you know, epic target shopping sprees. Um, We talk about parenting, generally, we don't really stray too far from that, because we want people who are part of our online community, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, to um, feel like they belong, feel like it's for them. Nice. How, how big is your community? Uh, we're just just below 100,000 uh, on Facebook. And uh, we only have 10,000 on Instagram. Okay. And how big is your email list? So interesting. So our email list was uh, up over 50,000. And, you know, recently, and we talked about this before we jumped on that we've moved to Clavio. And so we have been pruning our email list hard. Um, and really, the goal is next year is to get our revenue per um, recipient. Person, yeah, per recipient up. And so we are right around 36,000 now. Okay, nice. And so when, when you have this calendar of events, like, how are you promoting it? So you're doing some Facebook posts, you're, you're doing some emails, like how many posts are you posting? How many emails are you sending? Like, what's annoying? And what what works? So I don't ever worry too much about what's annoying. I feel like there's lots of ways to disconnect from us if you're annoyed by us. Generally, when we do an event, we we do at least one post to warm people up. It could be more sometimes, but but for sure one post. Uh, and then once we get somebody opted in to the event, um, if it's just an event email, we would do a series of three, uh, just a really short funnel of three emails um, after, which really talk about exactly the specific thing they opted in for and kind of some scarcity at the end that use it now because that 
that deal is going away or that, you know, or, or we also sell out a lot of product. And so that's easy scarcity for us because it's very real that it's, you know, it happens. I, that's probably the hardest part of our business is keeping inventory in stock. So that would be an event that we would do. We do two um, long-term lead generation events a year where we would have a much longer sales funnel, email funnel on the back of those. And um, I don't know, like I don't, we don't get a lot of complaints. We really don't get a lot of spam complaints. Um, you know, we don't get people um angry with us on Facebook. I think it's really, you know, I think that we're all a little self-conscious about that. And I hear that, that people don't, don't want to send too many emails because they'll annoy people. And I, I just think, well, they'll unsubscribe or they won't open. But if you really think they're paying attention to what you're doing every day, like you, you know, give your head a shake. They're not, <laughs> right? They're <laughs> yeah. Not. Seriously. And so, yeah, they're not paying attention. They're and, not even opening your emails. <laughs> right. So, and when they do, they click on subscribe. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, but no, if they don't like them, that's what they're going to do. Like, right. it's, it's not they're a big gonna, deal. Right. It's not a personal thing. It's, and, you know, and nobody's like, going to center you out and say, oh, you send too many emails. And if they do, oh, well. Yeah, they, they're not going to buy anything anyway. So <laughs> get rid of them. Stop paying money for them. It costs money to have them on your email list. For sure it does. So yeah, so I don't, you know, I don't get too um, caught up in that. But I know some people are very worried about that. But, you know, we do. I mean, email is 41% of our sales right now. Wow, nice. So tell me a little bit about this SMS. What's your plan with that for next year? Oh, well, you kind of put me on the spot because I'm (laughs) not really sure. Um, I think my feeling is that um, although we work hard to stay um, with high deliverability and, um, and uh, you know, we have good conversion on email, my feeling is that in our demographic, they are less and less inclined to open email. I just think that, you know, our demographic would be 24 to 35. I'd say is the biggie. And so I think they have, and I watch my own kids who are young adults, um, they tend to communicate in other ways. And so, and, you know, nobody is without their phone. And so I realize that I have to be careful, tread lightly, but um, I feel like the easier I can make it for people to get what they want from us quickly and you know without a lot of barriers the more success we'll have and so um we're doing uh, some list building with that now and um next year i think what we'll do is make it exclusive i think they will be exclusive to text clients the events that we do around that and so if you want to be to participate in those events it will be a text event interesting That's that's what i'm thinking so like the same strategy, just uh, just just for texting now and then exclusive events just for the people on your, your text list. Right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, when I go to the warehouse, I might jump on Facebook Live and say, hey, you know, tomorrow I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. And um, so if you text, you know, opt into our text list now it'll be, it'll show up on your phone and you'll be able to take advantage of that deal. And I only have 200. So, you know, that sort of thing. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's helpful to your listeners. It's all very (laughs) loose. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing about marketing, right? In the beginning, you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. But, but it's but it's nice to know, like, to sort of have an idea, like, okay, what are other people trying that maybe yeah. I should give a shot? For sure, for sure. I listen to podcasts all the time. I mean, I think it's it's great to hear what other people do that works for them. Yeah, that's great. So, before we sign off this podcast, do you have any other closing thoughts or, or words of advice for anyone out there about traffic? about traffic or yeah let's go with traffic like what um like if there's one takeaway that you want someone to get from this from this episode what would it be putting you on the spot a little (laughs) you are so i think it would be when it comes to traffic that do your math so if the average um shopify store converts at one to two percent and i would say that new shopify stores convert at less than one percent and i mean you're the expert on conversion right would you would you agree with me? Yeah, in a past life, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd say, I'd say I'd say that's true. I mean, it, it really depends. Like, I, I I've seen like it, it's kind of like you were saying before we hopped on this call. Like, it, is your traffic targeted? Because if it's not, like it's right. it's not going to convert at all. But right. I actually just started working with a client recently who their store they're they're pretty small, but their store converts at like ten percent. Whoa. And they're, and they're very, they're not, they're not huge at all, which is wow. just, um, which is pretty interesting. So if you can get the right traffic and you can get that super targeted, um, yeah, yeah I mean, I that mean, that's really what it comes down right? to. Yeah. And then they just have to backtrack and figure out how they got those customers that are so, um, so committed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll have to have them yeah. on. You should. So, so I guess that, that would be what I would say walk away with is like, do, do your math. And so if you are getting a thousand visitors a month, um, then at 1%, you're looking at 10 orders. And so manage your expectations around that and realize that you have to have a lot of eyeballs on your site to, um, you know, to get the numbers that you want. And you can basically just do the math. So if you want $10,000 in sales a month, realize that you have to bring, um, I don't know, what would it be? I guess 100,000 of the right customer to convert at 1% to get the sales you want. And so um, I think you have to understand that there's no magic pill with um, with e-commerce, even though you might have heard differently, and that you really just need to have a product that people want and you have to make sure that you get it in front of people because you can't sit there and wait for people to come to you. Awesome. Where can we go to learn more about you and everything you're involved in? Well, I actually run a Shopify group. It's called Shopify Traffic Academy. And so you could ask to join that group. And it's kind of a great place to be a lot of um, like minded people. And we actually run a free traffic boot camp twice a year. So it really teaches you the basics of getting organic and paid traffic shows you how to test. And, um, you know, you can do it with a very small budget. And the training part is free. Check out our group. I'll put the the link in the show notes below. Uh, thanks for thanks again for coming on the show, Susan. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you got something valuable out of it. Subscribe to get notified when new episodes drop. And if you want to work with me, head over to wavebreak.co to learn more. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.